Welcome to Get Your Fix, a podcast bringing you insights and expertise in facilities management, brought to you by Vixo, changing the way the world sees facilities management. Hello, everyone. Welcome to an episode of Get Your Fix, a Vixo podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And thank you so much for joining us on another episode of this Vixo podcast. Make sure you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for previous and upcoming episodes. And make sure you're heading to our website, Vixo.com. Again, Vixo.com for more information about our services and, of course, more episodes of the podcast and other pieces of content. On today's conversation, which we'll be breaking into three different parts, we're going to be breaking down some of the most pressing challenges in facilities management, specifically for the grocery industry. Obviously, COVID-19 has placed a major strain on grocery store facility professionals, but even beyond the pandemic, which I know can be hard to imagine with the current pandemic raging in real time, there are other general industry trends that have been creating consistent headaches. That includes things like reimagining the customer experience, uh, ever-expanding products with fixed physical space, and with these, uh, confusion over responsibilities in store, even down to the granular interpersonal management relationships that are built uh, inside the grocery industry. So what we're trying to do with today's podcast is answer the questions of what are the best practices that grocery industry facility managers should take to heart to better manage their facilities mid-COVID and post-COVID, and how should they implement them in practice? So to give us some more context, I'm joined today by Aaron Alexander, Vice President of Client Relations, and Michael Sutherland, Vice President of Solutions Architecture, both for Vixo. Aaron, Michael, great to have you both on. How are you doing? Wonderful. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you, Daniel. Absolutely. It. Looking forward to fielding some conversation with both of you and uh, pulling from your deep expertise. And that's where we're going to go ahead and start today. So in the combined experience of several years of working in this industry that you both bring to your roles, Michael, you with your professional career and complex sales pricing growth strategy and strategy analyses, and Aaron, with your 20 plus years of facilities, retail and multi-unit experience combined, y'all have honestly seen it all, I bet. Uh, the best of the best and grocers struggling the most. So pulling from your careers for some experience and context in your responses, what are the main operational and strategic factors that are separating successful from struggling grocery stores in the facilities realm? And uh, if you have any examples or want to pull from you know, the last several decades of your experience to track some of those challenges and struggles, uh, go ahead and do that. So yeah, whenever you're ready, take it away. So I think from the deep background, really, when you talk about grocery, inventory levels and from pricing strategy is a big piece of grocery competition. Um, there's so much competition in the in the space right now, even and it's even harder today with COVID that's happening in our in our industry. So we're seeing so much of the groceries turning out, the smaller groceries being exited from the space, which is driving more foot traffic to our, you know, the bigger grocery clients, which is adding more competition and adding more struggles to them to serve their clients. Thanks, Erin. That's a really good point. I see a couple different things happening. I think logistics and distribution are becoming more and more critical to get a huge variety of products onto the, the floor space and ultimately into the customer's hands. I think that grocers are struggling to make sure, it's pre-pandemic even, 
that uh, they have the products that are going to sell because their margins are obviously really tight. I see grocers really struggling with uh, changes to minimum wage, labor, and union laws. So they've got to uh, make sure that they're embracing the proper technologies to basically cut their labor expense, but still be able to deliver a, a winning customer experience. And finally, especially for our larger grocers, I see them really struggling to put a fine point on their brand identity. So uh, a grocer wants to be you know, health food oriented. And, and that means that they've got to do some things incredibly well, and they have to give up on, on other things. Uh, same thing if they want to be a discount grocer. They're going to uh, change the way that their facility and their people really reflect that brand. And then finally, as we are hopefully exiting this, this first wave of the pandemic, I think they're really rationalizing all the factors that I just mentioned. So uh, whether it's brand identity, um, floor space, distribution, and personnel. But ultimately, things are going to be very different. They need different kind of safety factors. Self-serve products are, are moving to pre-packaged. So the, the bakery cases are changing. And all the equipment, ultimately, and how they maintain and deliver those products is really impacted as we go through this transition. So let's now ground this a little more with COVID-19. Obviously, it's unavoidable and kind of helps set up some context before we break down more specifically what the common challenges are for grocery facility managers. So to some degree, I think COVID-19 has reaffirmed a lot of the existing struggles and, of course, has created new ones. So could y'all break down that dynamic for me? What you think COVID-19 has introduced that is a new struggle or a new challenge for grocery facility managers? Uh, and then what do you see as the ones that have been uh, basically always there, but COVID has just pulled the curtain back and said, look, you were ignoring this. This is still an issue. I mean, I think I have a couple of good points on this, Michael, that we can play off of. But I think with COVID, especially, so a grocery has consumables, so much consumables. And as a consumer, we go in and we have an expectation of clean great product. Well, with COVID happening, I think the stress that is put on our facilities managers is there's a heightened sensitivity as I walk in because the perception is that not only do I have to have it clean like before, but now I have to have extra precautions from um, safe sanitary for food in, in the grocery. Consumers have to see us being clean. They have to see us wiping down conveyor belts. They have to see us cleaning extra in the store. We have to make sure that we have the safe chemicals that they're, they're visual for our consumers. The perception and the actual realistic expectations of the consumers today is we won't shop unless we feel comfortable. What are you doing to make sure that when I come into your store and the product I'm buying and I'm safe as I walk in, are, is your team wearing masks? Are they sanitizing the carts? You know, do you have when extra things happening when you bring your product into your store that's helping me and I'm feeling safe. So not only has it affected the facilities, but it's branched out in all of our grocers to our marketing in, in that piece too. And they have to work together because what facilities is executing, the marketing team has to be locked in step because they have to share that to the consumers to help bring that traffic in. There was a huge reduction in traffic when this started with grocery and grocery is something that everyone needs, but the consumers are definitely being picky of who they're choosing because if they're not seeing it when they're in your store, they're not coming back. So we, you know, we've had a, a couple different client bases that we've talked to a lot that said our traffic has slowed down a lot. And then we come back from facilities and we help understand what they're doing today. 
And then we offer solutions to say, let us put up the plexi at your registers. Are you using this kind of chemical that we can offer to you to make sure you're sanitizing? We can process that for you at Vixo. So there's a lot of different things we've had to do very different that they were cleaning before, but now the perception for those consumers has to be heightened so high for them to want to bring that foot traffic back in because of COVID. I think that over the past few years, grocers have made substantial investments in self-service. So from self-checkout to like racking and distribution for baked products or uh, dry goods where you can, you know, get your granola right out of a dispenser versus buying mm-hmm. it in a box. And they've had to make drastic changes now uh, in the post-pandemic world because self-serve is, at least for the near term, no longer an option. So now they need fixtures and floor space to be able to distribute these products. And all the economic offsets that they were expecting from improved self-checkout scenarios are, are now being offset because they need you know people really manning a lot of those stations. It's people perceive that it's safer to have one person kind of touching all the groceries rather than using an interface that everybody touches. So they've made a lot of investments in kind of self-service. And now some of that needs to be refaced. Everything is is compartmentalized. It needs to be displayed. So we're working with customers to really revamp their physical space so that they're properly uh, displaying in a post-pandemic format the products that they need to sell, everything from baked goods to butcher shops, uh, you name it. And really keeping a clean and sanitary perception for the public to help move the products. We're really seeing that investment dollars that they had set aside for equipment, basically, or new products are now being consumed by the need to restage existing products. Talking with Aaron, when we talked to our grocer client, they're using this as an opportunity to, to rationalize too. Uh, what what were we joking about the other day? We said something about like nobody's buying those vegan burgers. Was, was that <laughs> yeah. <a good? laughs> yeah. So they're they're finding that they're taking some brands out to make yep. room for other brands, and we're helping them with like the physical positioning of those products. Yeah, you definitely learn as you go through the groceries today what people love to eat. Um, you know, <laughs> and and we we were talking with you know with the same grocery clients, and we're understanding their. They're also learning from a financials, you know, they tell them before what is on the shelf life of their product. Um, but in, during the pandemic, they're also learning to maximize their dollar for the things that people are buying more of, where before you had that selection and we had that comfort to look to say, oh, I might try this. But when it comes down to the point of really buying, you know, they're able to cut some of those skews out that may have a, a shelf life or may have that opportunity for the client to try or the consumers to try. And they're realizing we don't have to spend the money to have that. Because it's something we can bring something else of in our, our, you know, our dollar then is increased too for sales. One of their learnings coming out of it is we don't have to have all of that selection to keep driving our margin and keep giving our consumers what they want. There's some great positives that can also come out of this type of pandemic, but there's also a lot of shifts and pivots that they're doing daily. We've also seen a kind of shopping habits change, right? right? right. Instead of, we're not going to the grocery store as consumers every day. So we're trying to go once a week. We're kind of minimizing our trips out. 
instead of using, you know, the small hand basket to pick up my groceries for the next day or two, I now need a big cart. And from a facilities perspective, that means those carts have to be like up and clean and the uh, gatekeepers need to be functioning. The racks need to be in good shape. The pavilions that house those carts in the parking lot, the doors, the entrance and exit doors have needed to be like configured and tuned particularly as we look to adjust traffic. They sound like small investments, but they've really added up for grocers and kind of managing them in the context of plumbing and electrical and HVAC and refrigeration calls that are still coming in continuously has been a real challenge for our Now, how do you intersect some of those challenges day to day with the economic disruption that has also been basically widespread for all brick and mortar establishments because of COVID-19? Where are those intersections most uh, difficult to manage? How are you seeing grocers uh, try to manage them successfully or unsuccessfully? I think that doing a forecast today for any brick and mortar that says, this is my revenue and this is how much I have to invest and this is how much I need just to keep the lights on and the plumbing going is really a challenge. Grocers were perhaps less impacted from a revenue standpoint than a Mm -hmm. lot of brick and mortar stores. But trying to figure out what does the future look like so that they can return value to their shareholders and effectively budget for what has always been kind of a zero-based budget class, the facilities and, and maintenance spend. They want to spend you know, as little as possible while maintaining brand. Trying to get an outlook on that when certain types of equipment are being used and therefore breaking more. Uh, than they were kind of in a previous run rate. I think it's been a real challenge getting their hands on the data and really understanding like what behaviors have changed and how is that going to contribute to my future expense profile? That's going to tell me what kind of investments I can make in equipment and infrastructure. I think that's a really big challenge for any retailer of any product right now But I think grocers with their high equipment load from HVAC, refrigeration, um, all all of the prep food equipment, with that high equipment load, I think it's a bigger challenge for them. Yeah, Michael, I I mean, I would agree with what you're stating. From my perspective, from the client relations piece, we talk about uptime all the time, right? So grocery, I have so much retail background, but when you talk about grocery, completely different brick and mortar types. So grocery with even with the pandemic that we've been dealing with, Michael already stated this, they have seen less disruption in the revenue. So a couple of my clients, you know, we've actually seen double digit increases over same store sales from last year. Um, But what that brings to them is it brings that extra workload on those assets they weren't planning for. So when you project and you have planned maintenance and you have things that you're doing, that hit is harder than you expected. You know, Michael talked about budgeting and, and this is where a piece I think Vixo brings so much value because we give them historicals and we can project out for that client. And we have the capacity to see those issues sometimes before they're coming based on work history, before the client even sees it. So we've been able to really help support um, and even stretch along some of their assets they need because when those assets go down, it's lost money for them. And we know what assets make the most for those clients. We know which ones to watch the closest. 
And then we can help partner with them with some of our key partners to get the best prices to replace or repair, you know, when, when they need it. Um, you know, our clients right now, they're, they're forecasting every 30 days where before they would do a bi-monthly or quarterly. So it's a very, very tight discussions that we've been having about what's next and where to put the money for the investment. And we, we, you know, we see the entire fleet of their stores. And so we give them such a great perception about where to put the money where they know is their top volume stores and their top revenue drivers. It's really a balance right now because we don't know what's coming next. We don't know what restrictions are going to be put in from the government or from the municipalities that the stores are in. It's, it's different all over. Um, so we're just truly pivoting every day, but keeping a really close eye on spend and, and their assets is what we do right. daily. Most people have all learned how to bake bread and have a sourdough starter. So things have changed a little bit <laughs> yeah. on the consumer side because they've people that have never cooked every day have, have learned to cook. And that's created mm -hmm. um, kind of a, a swell on the revenue side for, for the grocers, but certainly mm -hmm. a change on the equipment side. We're doing Absolutely. more on the analysis side than we've ever done before to do mm -hmm. true return on investment. So we're looking at a service contract for like a extensive refrigeration program and saying, would it make more sense to include something like gaskets or LED lighting as part of the full service agreement? Or is that stuff best done as an exclusion time material? So really trying to find the right balance of covered and planned and scheduled and reactive work, I think that's going to be more and more important to manage an effective facilities portfolio for a grocer. All right. Now I want to break down. I mean, y'all have already done a great job breaking down some of those challenges, but I want to highlight a few and ask you some specific questions on these dynamics to get a better sense for, at a granular level, what grocery facility managers are dealing with today, why these challenges are happening, and why they need to be addressed. So let's start with this idea of expanding product lines in a fixed space environment. Could you give us some context on how much growth you're actually seeing in a consistent new product lines being added to grocery shelves and how stretched is that shelf space to meet that growth? What's even motivating uh, that growth in a way that is stressful for facility managers? I think Michael touched on this a little bit before. So I think this ties back to when you're talking about stretching, it's more about pivoting the floor space to accommodate no more self-serve, right? So for example, he brought up the bulk bins before. So as we see today, before we had the salad bar that you could go to, or you had all these bins that you could go to to reach. And now we have to pivot the store and give it less of that walk or flow through easy access to the consumer to more of a strict um, and restricted, it's very restricted for the consumer type of experience. From some of my grocery clients, I've actually seen a reduction in floor space SKUs because we've had to remove some of the things that are, are maybe just sitting on the shelf because the consumers aren't grabbing those because they were nice to have before. And now they're a, I don't need because I'm here to get what I need to feed my family because we're all at home and I, my budget is now tripled and I need to be smart about my spend. So as they, you know, floors are changing constantly as I visit the stores and what you're used to before does not feel the same as you had previous to COVID. So from a facilities manager, we see a lot of um, different changes in electrical outlets. We see we have to shift things, build things. Um, you know, we're constantly putting new new systems in for the stores because as they get rid of a rack refrigeration or, they, or a cooler that their rack refrigeration system then has to be rebuilt. Um, they're always having to be completely on top of this. Um, and you, then you have an outages and you have changes in the floor print before that they were used to. 
it's definitely, I would say, something that is the skew and the in the floor space is is restricted because of the capacity of the of the self serve that you're losing. Um, of having to bring in things to support more of a bagged items, or I want to still offer this to you, but it's now in boxes and you can't see it type of thing. It takes up a lot more space than it did before. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I, I look at a couple areas of the grocery store that are really impacted here. The butcher section, the entire butchery was a really busy space before. Behind that counter, the butcher worked and custom cut your meat and presented it to you. At least in my area and in our customer stores, those butcher display and service areas have been, for the most part, closed. So they're having to make investments in the packaging side of things. So auto wrappers, um, the deli meat is in some areas not being sliced to order. It's being prepackaged. So they're needing to invest in equipment and find floor space for that equipment and optimize unused floor space for things like the butcher counter, which is not used as much anymore, if at all. They've got to reconfigure the physical spaces to account for the need to package products differently. And also the protections piece they've had to install. Like you look at all the plexi that we've installed across the nation. Hundreds of thousands of dollars these companies have invested in. It makes it more of a safety, but it's also how do you restructure your cash traps? How do you secure this without damaging Mm -hmm. our current asset? Um, You know, there's a lot of that. The facilities managers are constantly having to pivot as a customer complains or, you know, something um, feels at a store, how do we make it so they feel that's comfortable and we have to put now something else into place. So it's quite a changing environment right now as they, as those facilities managers. And it's really in every environment, it's different. Um, we do the California to East Coast. And I can tell you just based on, you know, how people are in different metrics and metros in the environments, there's definitely different focuses on, on what people expect um, in different parts of the country. So those facilities managers have multiple states that they oversee. So they're constantly having to think differently about how they can, you know, support their their leadership and their stores and their consumers to keep that foot traffic coming in the door. It's quite different than they used to before. It's one thing to install plexiglass or to install an auto wrapper or eliminate a bain-marie where they were self-serving olives. But as you introduce new equipment and new fixtures, there are ongoing maintenance considerations there. You didn't have Plexi before, and now that is gonna break. It is gonna become loose. So how do you anticipate the service issues with new equipment? And how do you anticipate the ongoing maintenance expense associated with it is really critical. So using data from other types of equipment as proxies, using history for another store that had had auto wrappers installed all along, figuring out what that ongoing service and cost profile is going to look like is really critical, I think, to staying ahead of a rapidly changing like store layout and equipment profile. Yep. All right, Aaron Alexander, Michael Sutherland, thank you both so much for joining us on this Vixo podcast. Again, this is part one of our conversation. We will be back continuing the conversation here very soon. So make sure, audience, you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so you get those up-to-date notifications as the next two parts of this conversation with Aaron and Michael drop. Until then, I'll catch you next time. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B.